Welcome to the Hyper Fast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyper fast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyper fast. All right, welcome Hyperfast Agent Nation to the first podcast we've done in the state of Oregon. I'm here at Mazama Media with Bud Torkum. This is going to be an amazing episode. We just filmed one that will be on his podcast, so make sure you check out his YouTube channel and, and podcast. You don't want to miss that. Uh, I'm here with Bud, though. He's the CEO of Mazama Media, and he's also got some interesting uh side hustles going on we'll talk about later with some hot sauce stuff and we're gonna learn a lot about digital marketing facebook instagram and this is something that any and every real estate agent should be paying attention to and doing so welcome bud thank you it's great to be here in my own office it is it is it's a beautiful (laughs) office uh, tell 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 the listeners out there a little bit about your, yourself and, and how you got into what you're doing and, and what your company is all about. Sure. Well, Mazama, we basically started six years ago. Uh, we were out of the house and the need that I saw was there was a lot of businesses in Bend, which is where we're located, that didn't have any Facebook presence. Uh, this is before every business had a Facebook like they do today, kind of like the time where before everybody had a website. And I was going around talking to the bowling alley and to the local restaurants and the local barbecue shacks and saying, hey, you guys don't have a Facebook. You should have one. You should let me manage it and you should pay me 500 bucks a month. And people said yes. And I was like, what? And, uh, <laughs> and so we started doing that and we were just posting cat videos and shit like that. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. And uh, but it was working. People were going into the restaurants and people were going to bowl a lot more from any other medium they did before. This is back when organic reach was still a thing on Facebook, which it's not today. And uh, and then Facebook all of a sudden messaged uh, us on the bowling alley. We were managing lava lanes here in Bend. And uh, they were like, hey, we really like the engagement and everything you're doing on the page. And we're coming. We being Facebook is coming to Bend to throw this business boost thing and uh, we'd like you to be one of the panelists and we were like okay so we were one of the panelists one of four they sold out the river house which is the biggest convention center we have and it was me and three other business people i i uh, that were answering questions from the crowd and from facebook employees and it went incredibly well. Uh, actually, the Ben Bulletin, which is a newspaper here, newspaper here, they said um, that I was the best salesman that Facebook didn't have. So Ooh. that was cool. Um, and then after that, Facebook said, hey, um, we'd like to interview you to be on the Small Business Council. And I said, I don't know what that is, but it sounds awesome. And so they interviewed me, and it was a long selection process, but four months went by, and they interviewed 300 businesses, and ours and 10 others made to cut, 11 others made to cut. So we were pretty excited about that. And from there, it basically went from us posting cat videos and pictures of like pizza and saying what kind of pepperoni or sausage you put, getting engagement. Right. Would you rather have this with pepperoni or sausage? Well, if you get people to talk on a post, this is still relevant today. If you get people to comment and talk on an ad, it hacks the way the system works so that you get more people to see it. Facebook says, hey, they like this. It's more relevant. Let's get in front of more people because Facebook and Instagram are in the business of let's make sure people like where they are being our platform. If you put out ads that suck, they're not going to put it in front of more people because it sucks and it's going to make people not want to be on the platform experience. Exactly. So this is still relevant today. So we were doing that, but then they started to teach us like, okay, we're going to teach you about pixels and custom audiences and lookalike audiences and how to segment those and how to retarget and why you should send some things a landing page and others. And so all of a sudden Facebook's flying us out and putting us through this like boot camp on them. Like they're paying for us to be flown down to their headquarters in Menlo park and we got to meet Zuckerberg like three years ago, and it was just really cool. And from there, we've now become uh, marketing partners with uh, Facebook and Instagram, and um, we're also Blueprint certified. And 
Uh, they're sending us out to Chicago on Tuesday for an auto conference and, uh, We've just kind of been riding rides. So what we're doing is we're now, we don't really, we are working with some restaurants. It's more of like, you have to really be a well-established restaurant with a pretty big marketing budget to afford what we're doing or own a lot of them. So we don't really work in that space too much anymore. It's now a lot of uh, e-commerce some publicly traded companies and a lot of auto dealerships. And uh, we do a few um, in real estate as well, but only like much higher ends. I learned my lesson from doing like individual agents. I won't do that anymore. Not never again. <laughs> so, yeah, so you're looking for big teams, big big brokerages. Yeah, like pretty much. Like if you uh, if you if your marketing budget is um, at least thirty k a year, then we can kind of talk. But you're still gonna be a little nervous about what I'm gonna propose. Okay. Yeah. And who who are your biggest clients right now? What industries? Biggest clients in uh, well, our biggest client right now is um, called was in telecommunications actually, and so they are we're we're basically utilized by them to that's where a lot of messenger bot like success has been coming from, and how this company is now changing its focus on the messenger was we've been using a lot of things through landing pages on them basically getting phones people going on buying different phones from them and us realizing that that whole process of going through a landing page that we were kind of cutting the mustard at it was doing okay at best and all of a sudden we're destroying that by about like 100 i think it's like 180 percent last time i looked based on the best landing page numbers we had compared to a messenger bot so that's our biggest and they have a conglomerate bunch of stuff so they have like a prepaid visa card they have um they have different wireless plans they have lifeline products uh they have a a a bitcoin uh, cryptocurrency product so they have all sorts of different stuff and then we work with a lot of like larger auto dealership conglomerates like the last uh uh, deal we just had published by Facebook internationally was on the Faulkner group in Pennsylvania and the success we had by taking their cost per vehicle sold down by 90% from October to May. And the cool thing on that case study that they published was it didn't, there wasn't any outlier months. It just worked. Yeah, exactly. So in October it was like $250 was their cost per vehicle sold from a Facebook ad. And then from the same Facebook ads, well, we changed them, but from the same type of uh, strategy and us studying what the sales were coming in because we were doing a thing called, and you can do this in real estate, um, and I highly recommend doing it in real estate. What you want to do is you want to utilize something called offline conversions. And so what you want to do, agents, is when you're putting out ads on Facebook and Instagram, you have the easy, like, I know that this person became a customer, a buyer or seller because they submitted a lead from an obvious ad campaign I did. And that caused a sale or a listing to happen. Easy enough. What's the gray is okay. But how many times did they see your face that they then Googled you later? And then they picked up the phone and the offline conversion does that. So you take all this, the sales listings you've had and all the homes you sold, all that stuff from your CRM and you in the leads and you upload that into Facebook's ads manager and Facebook looks at all your ads and and as long as you give them a name, email and phone number, more and the more data the better. Name, email, phone number, address, all that stuff. But as long as you give them name, email and phone number, actually just name and email is fine, but again, more the better. They're going to match all that and they're going to say, "Okay, from the 1000 people you uploaded, we matched 90% so there's 900 people and from that seven of them listed houses with you and then these seven were seeing this ad set and this specific ad so now you're seeing okay so now I know the obvious stuff I know that there's obviously uh, the leads that came in from the Facebook and Instagram ads that's obvious that's right here what wasn't so obvious was that Jack, Jill, Donna, and Mike also came from this ad set. So I need to put more behind that because they saw these ads. And then then the next month they called you. Actually, the only way it works with Facebook, they should change this. But as of right now, it's a 28 day window. So it's only like you you can't, 
it would be nice if you could have it as a higher degree of relevance. But for right now, it's only if it's within a very relevant time this, frame. This is a platform within Facebook? Yeah. It's all, all called offline conversions. So you just upload it. And if you Google how to do offline conversions, I'll show you how to do it. So anyway, that is how we ended up making the Faulkner case study go from $200 per car sold down to, in November, went to like $180, and basically all the way down to like $45 per car sold was in May. So it was pretty cool, and it just kind of stairs up down, because what we did was we optimized based off of what ads are literally selling cars, because not everybody who buys a car goes through a lead process. Right. A lot of them just show up at the dealership. Some of them will call. Some will be like, I really like that orange Outback I saw on that Facebook ad that's been following me around the internet. I'm going to now Google that dealership, call them, be like, hey, can I take a test drive on an orange Outback I saw? They're going to say, hell yeah. And then that's it, right? There is no full connection there unless you bring in the offline event. That's, that's very, very interesting. We've got a ton of great stuff to, to talk about and a ton of things I think real estate agents can learn from but first i want to go back to like your story you know it it seems like you know we were talking earlier about just starting a business starting from scratch how a lot of people get intimidated by the time or the money that it took to do it and you know it looks like you just kind of went from nowhere and you know knocking on door to door the businesses kind of doing this ty lopez strategy that he talks about now but you did it five years ago Mm -hmm. of just getting local businesses to to run you know pay you 500 bucks thousand bucks a month to run their social media is that i mean that's sort of yeah yeah that's exactly what happened so it was just um there was a need uh there was an uh an ignorance of the typical business owner that didn't understand the facebook importance or some of them would like what our first actual client was a plumber and we did a good job Really good job. They were with us for a while until our prices got a bit too high for their ROI. But it was a plumber. It wasn't a restaurant. Then after that, we had more restaurants and and, and uh, bowling alleys and stuff like that because that was a, a bit easier. But we were still showing back then ROI, like, look at this fun plumber. So the opportunity was just like, can you see where there's an opportunity in a market? Like, um, if you are able to sit back and be like, you know, it'd be really cool if there was a solution for these people not being able to get a massage right away. Okay, we'll make the massage app for Uber. Oh, well, that's too expensive and everything like that. Okay, well, not when you talk to India, it's not. And if you think the idea is really good, and if you continue to practice it, like we were talking on our last uh, podcast about practicing looking into a... um, into a camera and saying the thing over and over again. Well, if you practice what your belief is on this massage thing, you say it over and over again, then when you go up to somebody who has some money and you actually go and you're not just weighing it, but you practice the presentation, they're going to be much more likely to actually give you the funding to do that. Or in some cases, you don't even need the funding to do it. Cause like when we started this business, there was no funding needed to get the digital marketing company going. It was just, we're out of the house. We have internet already. We have a computer. Turns out you could do pretty much anything you want from those things or a phone. And so now we'll knock on some doors and be like, hey, I saw you guys didn't have a Facebook. And um, this is the result that we got from this one that we did. And look at this. Look at the engagement. Like you were showing me the engagement on your Instagram post. That's basically what I was doing. I was just like, look at these numbers. Look at this graph going up and to the right. Look at all these comments and shares. Look at all these people liking and laughing. They just, they looked at that and they said, I want that. How do I not? It's kind of funny. Today, the sales actually become a bit more difficult because now it's more on like ROI. Right. Which it should be. And that's what we've changed to. It's all about make me money. And that's what, that's what we're firm to do. And we prove that. But, uh, that man is a lot easier when you just say, look at all the people that like this thing. Like, oh, I want, I think it pulled on the popularity, like the, the feeling that we all want to be liked and loved. I think that's what it pulled on in the beginning, but it didn't need any funding to get started. It just needed me walking around, knocking on doors and being okay to, for people to say no to me. Cause a lot did a lot said, you want $500 to post on my Facebook. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, that's all I wanted. You're lucky. <laughs> so you have to be okay with rejection. Just like you had to be right. when you started your agency, right? Like that. Yeah, and I think the the big lesson here to agents out there is like, 
you can get started <clears throat> in this business. You can take where you're at and get to the next level, like without a ton of capital. Like it doesn't it doesn't take much, and I, I think it's cheaper than ever to do. Like like twenty years ago, you want to send postcards out. Okay, great. Well, that company has like a two hundred dollar, five hundred dollar, whatever it is, minimum. Yeah, to send them out. Now you can run your first Facebook ad for like twenty five dollars, or you don't you don't have to spend a ton of money. And I think if you combine like the opportunity that's there with the old school stuff, which you did of like knocking on doors, calling businesses, if you combine those two, and you're you know doing that that prospecting in your target market or expires withdrawals, whatever it is, if you're doing that plus hitting them with Facebook ads on top of it, like you're going to have a chance to excel and have success at a rate that's that's bigger and quicker than, than ever before. Yeah, I find that sometimes though people, no matter what the industry it is, whether if they're selling cars or houses or starting a digital marketing company, they're afraid of doing that. They're afraid of the actual grind. That like by the grind, I mean the knocking on doors, the calling phones. And they think that if I just put a bunch of money I've been saving up in the ads, that that will solve it all for me. And they might be right if they really do it right. Yeah, like maybe. Really right? Maybe. But God, if they just put like 20% sweat equity and actually going out and being okay with rejection, you actually be okay going calling that person who your aunt Leslie told you that you should call. Oh, but I don't really know and everything like that. Who cares? You have a kind of warm entry on a house listing. Yeah, but I don't know that person. Who gives a shit? You won't. It's definitely a no if you don't call Aunt Leslie's referral. <laughs> or if it was some person that just kind of went into like one of your lead funnels and all you got was a phone number and then they bailed. And you called them once and they sent you to voicemail. No, nah, they didn't want to talk to me. Okay, we'll keep calling until that number becomes annoying to them. And they finally pick up and they go, What? You're like, oh, hey, sorry, I just saw you looking to sell your home. They could easily hang up the phone on you, but until you turn that charm around and everything like that, it's just lost money anyway. I, I, What I'm getting at is dial the phone. I get into that too. I get I get to a point where we're like, we, we've grown to be a seven-figure agency, and I'm just like, I'm going to let it all come to me. <laughs> and it does. I mean, we get, we get a bunch of leads, but... When I don't, when I, when I notice so much more growth when I'm just like, all right, you know, when you're pushing, I'm, well, I'm, I'm going to check my ego yeah. at the door. I'm like, no, I'm going to, I have a whole bunch of referrals I need to go after. We have the ability to take on the work. I'm going at, I'm calling a bunch of times. I'm going to be persistent and I'm going to be myself. A lot of people don't want to do that. They just want to get rich quick without actually putting in any sweat. Yeah. I, I think no matter what it is, it, it, it takes hard work. It takes Hustle. I know it's like an overused word, but thanks, Gary V. There's not there's yeah, there's there's <laughs> not like a a a magic pill, right? That that you can take. Cause if there was, then people that did have a little bit of money and success would just take over the entire industry. So I, th I think there's just a huge opportunity if you're willing to put in a little bit of that old school methodology yeah. and combine it with this new opportunity that, that your company has been helping other people do. Yeah, I mean, um, you, one thing that I, I'm just trying to find the right new salesperson. I think I found her or him. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> but is I, I don't have, unfortunately, um, the time that I would like to dedicate towards sales right now because I get so into the new marketing that we're doing because we're constantly on the cutting edge and I, I really enjoy it and I get involved a lot. And I always want it to be like that because I enjoy it. But I'm also, I'm good at sales. But I'm finding like I need to put more energy into this whole bot thing that's happening because this is blowing up, and this could be a whole new like we get we have like three pods out there. We have a we have a fourth pod. Like right now, we have half a pod, like not even half a pod, like a third of a pod that's dedicated towards like bot development. I'm seeing that thing taking over like the whole thing within by 2020. And so I'm out there. I'm having fun with it. That means that I don't have somebody on the sales thing. Where I was getting to with that with the whole hustle thing is like since I'm going in there, if I had somebody that just called the people who viewed my profile on LinkedIn. Right. Every day. This is such a hack. This CEO of this business that you would love to do business with just viewed your 
just viewed your, it's just like, it's the warmest lead ever. You just give them a call and be like, Hey, I saw that you viewed RC. I saw you, you viewed Bud's profile. Just seeing how you're doing. How's your digital marketing going? If you want to talk, Oh yeah, it's great. I like Bud's content. It's going really well. I'm, I'm good right now, but thanks. Hey, just check in. Or, Oh, it's funny you're calling because we actually needed a digital. We're actually looking. A lot of calls are going to go that way, but if you don't call them, you can't expect it all to come to you. Same way it would go for an agent. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge opportunity that a real estate agent could do. Oh, big just time. Call the people that viewed your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, just call. And, and you're like, well, I don't know if they're looking for a house. Yeah, you won't unless you ask them. Right. He's like, hey, I wanted to thank you for looking at my profile and commenting. I've also noticed, like, that might be a little creepy, but if you notice that they commented on some other stuff before and they like some stuff, actually, I'm fine with saying you looked at my profile. But hey, I just want to say I saw you looked at I love what you're doing. Change it right away. So you're in is the fact that you said, hey, I'm calling because you looked. Yeah, okay, I did. And I love what your content is. I love what you put in. I love that thing you said about X, Y, and Z. And that was really funny. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, yeah, that's great. Now you complimented them. Hey, just by the way, if you are looking for an agent, I would love to be there for you, whether you're looking to buy or sell. But again, my name is Bud, and I, I'm right here for you, and I love that content. That's great. I appreciate it. I actually am looking for something. Oh, well, how about that? How many calls is that going to take you? What yeah. else are you going to be doing? Try twiddling your thumbs, waiting for those LinkedIn leads or waiting for you, those you Instagram leads. Probably in 30 minutes a day, call everyone that looked at your profile. If you know how to, if you know how to smile and dial, you, you would easily be able to get through. Um, like when I was managing call center in Chicago, my A team was doing like 120 dials an hour. Just boom, 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 boom. So yeah, you get through 60 dials in a half hour. If you really just like right now, my phone's going on. Well, not I guess your phone, if you're dialing from your cell phone, it's going on that. But if you just completely ignore your social media apps, you could kill it. Yeah, I, th I think there's a huge opportunity if you're willing to combine old school and new school. But let's let's talk specifically a little bit about social media ads, what real estate agents should be doing. Uh, one thing I want to get to, just because you, you mentioned it earlier, was how ads that get comments do better. So mm -hmm. let's let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. First, like, how does that? So you create an ad, you put it out there. Mm -hmm. How does how does getting a comment on it? Comments or likes or shakes, uh, sh uh, shares, shares, any kind of uh, a cider getting me. Um, any kind of um, engagement is something that you're going to be wanting. So how do you go about doing that? Is a great question. My favorite way of going about doing it is by legitimately wanting to know an answer to a question that you could put behind an ad. Like you legitimately want to know what the people think about this house and which way you would do it for an open house. And it's because you're like, how, how should I stage this? What time do you think is best to be doing that? We're doing this house right here, but I was just curious as what time is the best time for you to be viewing an open house? What is your favorite things to be eating at open house? This is one that's going to be going there. And all of a sudden you're legitimately, and then you actually are getting good data from that. So the ad ask a question or a poll. Or it's one of my favorite ways to do it. Yeah. yeah. You get a lot of people when you're asking that. And then after that in the PS, so to speak, like underneath you're talking about the house, obviously there's going to be pictures of the house, but you're starting with that question. Uh, that's a great way to do it. The two, the most shareable, the most shareable uh, emotions are anger is number two and humor is number one. So tapping into humor is Get them mad or make them laugh. Pretty much. So those and the the least shareable emotion is um, sadness. So people don't want to share that. That's actually been something that's been a fascinating thing from uh, I learned from this book. Trust me, I'm lying from Ryan Holiday, and so. He goes into those emotions and uh, and they turn out to be true the more and more I study social media. But if you look at the apocalyptic pictures of Detroit, of um, the train station that's uh, completely empty and not used anymore today, it's a very famous picture that keeps on going viral. They're, they're always done in black and white. And there's plenty of like buildings in Detroit, like look at this great city. And if they show that picture of Detroit, this once great American city, which by the way is on a rebound, but people don't like to talk about that. But this great American city that's now uh, has, it's just a ghost town in certain key buildings that used to be pushing with life. That goes viral. Unless 
in the shot there is a homeless person and or a stray dog, hmm. then it doesn't. It's the same pic. It's the same goddamn picture. But if there's a homeless person, that's sad. People don't really want to share that. Out of sight, out of mind. No human, no dog. <laughs> Spreads like wildfire. And then humor, I think that's just obvious. You know, people want to laugh. That makes, if something made you laugh, some funny video that you were doing that made people laugh of you uh, having a blooper reel or whatever. Maybe when you're doing like the thing and you're nervous as we were talking on our podcast before about like videotaping yourself being like, hey, here's the open house and this is what I think. And the amount of times that you were holding the button down and recording, but you didn't go with it because you kept on screwing that up. If you just loop those together and put that out there and showed yourself being vulnerable, the humor and the shares that you'd get from that and the comments mm. and the laugh emojis and all that stuff would end up basically hacking Facebook system. It's not a hack. It's what they want. They literally reward you for doing these things. You get something that's shareable. You get something that people want to see. You get them by commenting, liking, sharing, and that's how they measure it. We're going to get you in front of more people. It's how it's always worked. It's how it will continue to work because it just makes sense. It makes sense for them. So that makes your, your cost per impression or lead go down? Significantly. What if the comments are negative? Because this is this is kind of interesting. One of our best ads is a screenshot. Yeah. And we usually take it from Zillow. Mm-hmm. That of of sold homes because they, they, yeah. they have a map a map of sold homes and it just says like two hundred homes sold in Arlington last month the highest one was two million mm-hmm. and we'll get comments on there of people that are just bitching and complaining like you you realtors are running up the prices and in this neighborhood used to be nice now the prices are so expensive and and just people just complaining and uh-huh. like like are, is there any any time when a comment could be bad or hurt you or that you should delete it or block that person well no matter as far as the algorithm is concerned that's what we're talking right now no they all help you right so if you can if you can let your ego get away from it and let it ride then it's fine if one of them is bruising your ego talking about how you're a piece of shit and all that stuff which i get it i've hidden at i've hidden things on stuff i posted about my personal brand as i'm putting money behind it oh yeah People say, why the fuck is this guy doing it in my news feed? He's a joker and everything like that. I don't delete it. I hide it. And that hurts the algorithm a little bit. But I'm just like, I don't want this guy being on the thing. It doesn't look like it's deleted to the public. Right. And it doesn't. No, it doesn't look like it's deleted to him. And to the public, it's not there. To him or her, it's still there. At the same time, you know, as I go through that stuff, I think the key is to not get mad about it. Because if you're going to go down the road of like really putting some serious money behind your personal brand, which is that's what you are as a real estate agent, really. What Gary Vee says about it has helped me a lot as I've been going down this personal brand road and I get negative comments on myself, which is that person has to be in a pretty shitty place. Right. If they have the time to consume your content and then write shit about it. They have to, that things have not have to be going out that right. And I have this one guy as we were launching as my side hustles, this fun, like hot sauce business that we have going called habit. And, uh, we, uh, we had this post that got in front of 47,000 people completely organically on LinkedIn. No money could put behind it. Cause you can't put money as of right now behind a personal post. So got in front of 47,000 people and it or 43 somewhere in the mid 40s was that the one like do you like label a or b yeah that's yeah. right and and i think the thing about it is that it was um like i was saying it was aj was just calling it was a uh legitimate question right. that we wanted the answer to so because it was a legitimate question and so what it was was uh hot sauce a hot sauce b hot sauce a or label a label b what would you launch with and so one was a hot sauce with font that said um, habit across the top in block letters and the other was cursive. And the, the boats just came flooding in and it had over 500 comments on it, all different wow. boats. But there was negative stuff that was happening on it. And the negative stuff was the main thing was this guy named uh, Bick. And Bick is a branding guy branding expert in England 
who hates hot sauce. <laughs> Bick from England, why do you hate hot sauce? <laughs> he hates the idea. He hate what we did it. He hate he hated he really hated the fact that we crowdsourced the brand because that hurts his business. So he went off about that uh paragraphs and paragraphs long saying some pretty mean things. A lot of people that I tagged in that post that I really wanted the opinion of, people like the CEO of Deschutes Brewery, of Hum Kombucha, both empires across the nation, uh, Hydro Flask, again, another empire. I know all those guys, and I really wanted their opinion because they've had to make these decisions before to grow their empires, and they weighed in. And he called, he even called them half-wit dumbasses. Hmm. And I'm just like... <laughs> But but anyway, the reason I'm telling this story is as all these paragraphs are coming in, I would comment back just saying, I appreciate your feedback. And then more shit would come in and I would say, thank you. I understand where you're coming from. And other people would actually end up coming in in my defense and saying how bad what it is, what they're saying and stop it. And they were like really going off and getting angry. And I wasn't getting angry. Because a couple of things. One, I was getting in front of more people because of this. Right. It started a lot of comments. It started a lot of likes on the sub comments. It got, it probably, Bic is probably responsible for having getting in front of uh, 7,000 more people than it would have. So thank you, Bic. But also, I was just thinking what Gary was thinking. It's like, man, um, there might be something wrong with Bic. I feel bad probably, for him. There's probably something wrong with this. Yeah, I feel really bad for him. If he thinks that a post in Oregon is going to really hurt his brand business in England. Yeah, I mean, either you have a big empire, which I checked, he doesn't. Or, or something like, you're in a bad place right now. Yeah, no, it's an interesting take. I mean, I, I, I usually respond to the negative comments on the ads or any posts. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm probably a little bit more combative about it, yeah. but uh, but I do it kind of in a funny, <laughs> disarming way, and it it I, I I find that the engagement usually goes up if if they're totally off base or just kind of off topic or just being completely like crude or whatever. I'll I'll hide it or or block them, but yeah, there's a certain certain things you can't tolerate. But yeah, but but I, I usually it. engage with it. But I, I think the bigger lesson here with agents is to just be more vulnerable, check your ego at the door, post more, put more ads out there, put more content out there. And if, if people don't like it, who cares? Like if, if, if you don't have people disapproving of it, it means you just, you don't have enough content out there. You don't, you're not well known enough in the market that you want to be well known in. Sure. Yeah. And why get upset about, about what somebody else is saying to you behind a screen? It's not to your face. That's the other thing. It's like they don't have the balls to say that in front of right. you. Right. Yeah. People people will say so much more like behind a computer than they would in real life. It takes it's, a lot for somebody to say something pretty rude to you in person. Like you have to know that you're at fault a little bit typically. Like I did kind of hit him with my car. <laughs> there, there typically is a bit going on. Um, you don't really see like what people will get upset about. I mean, think about it this way. What people get upset about the most on social media is typically, I don't know if it's the most, but it's up there is politics. And they get upset over a conversation that they're seeing that they're not a part of. And then they'll come in and they'll start screaming about it. That would be the equivalent of if we were sitting at a restaurant, let's say the Shoots Pub, and we were talking about, um, doesn't matter what, but let's say we were talking about uh, freedom of religion. And somebody uh, sitting at a table next to us was not for freedom of religion. And he was under belief that everybody should be one religion. And that's the way it should be. And so he's thinking that. And that's one thing to think it. But then he comes over. We don't know who he is. And he starts saying, you're completely wrong. How dare you? Do you know how effed up that is? Everybody can't. That will make the whole world burn if everybody was a different religion. And this is why we all should be one religion. We would be like. Who are you and what are you doing? Are you like, it would be so odd, but that happens every day in these, in these platforms. That's always happening. So just remember that, like these guys don't have the balls to sit around from another table and start telling you what they think about religion or whatever the case is. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I mean, so you just got to check your, your, your ego 
at the door and you know that, that was a and put out more content like in our the first episode we ever did with gary v uh that was one of the the, the big lessons i learned just put put more content mm-hmm. out there and if people are negative about it you know just just view that as as good feedback right and and you know grant cardone who we had on for episode two like he has the same philosophy like if you don't have haters, you're not big enough. So like it is going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that's a good way of uh, kind of confirming what you're doing is working, right? I'm gonna look at it more like that too now. Like, oh, this person's hating on me. Dope. I'm doing something right. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And, and I, you know, it's funny you mentioned politics as the biggest driver or one of the biggest drivers on social media. Uh, Carrie and I have done a lot of training with Billy Jean down in uh, San Diego. He's actually going to be speaking at the Hyperfast Sales Summit this November uh, 11th and 12th in Washington, D.C. that we're putting on. And and Billy is amazing, but but he basically said, like, look, too many realtors are BAF, boring as fuck. They all look the same. On the Internet, you're competing with butt cheeks, politics, uh, and, and babies, right? And right. you have to be able to get people to stop scrolling and they're not going to do it unless you're different than everyone else. And if you're worried about like this negative feedback out there, you're not going to be yourself and you're not going to be different than everyone else. So, you know, I, I think people just need to check their egos at the door. I agree. Um, that's, a, that's an amazing concept because... You're right. Whenever um, we put out content here of uh, me doing something ridiculous, like we do a lot of recruiting videos here. And if I come through the, the office on my mountain bike, that gets shared a lot just because I come in and I'll have like a lavalier mic on and I'll be coming in. And if you're just going through LinkedIn, you're looking at all these people and like most of it's just like them with a camera being like, yeah, this is what I think about the world business. This is how you get more sales. And all of a sudden you see me coming and just, it's full, I was fully decked out too. Just elbow pads, knee pads, the glasses, helmet. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> do you like. How did, you, how did that script go? Like what did, what did you. It was basically. Just trying to be riding in the office. Yeah, doing, I, was riding, I was riding around and I was pitching about um, if you want work-life balance, then, uh, you know, where to place for you. Because we have an adventure policy right. where you take the, you take the morning off or you take the afternoon off and the same for skiing. Bike days, ski days. Yeah, exactly. As long as you get your shit done, we don't care. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, but but that works a lot more. Um, and what I'm funny thing I was thinking was I, I have a friend, uh, Nick Shivers, who will do this kind of stuff in uh, Portland. And what he'll do is he'll uh, he'll be like, <laughs> he'll be like, check out this house right here. This thing sucks. This needs a lot of work. That's why it's so cheap. Let's go inside and just look at all the things we need to fix with a contractor. <laughs> It's just like different and he might have other listings, but he ends up selling that one anyway. Cause he's like, this is why it's so cheap. Cause the inside looks like that 70s show. Right. So we need to fix that, but I'm not going to sit around and tell you that, Oh, look at how retro this carpet is. And look at all like, no. Yeah. He's, he's just being different. So raw and real. And people crave that in mm-hmm. today's society. Are you a real estate agent looking to grow your business in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area? The Kerry Shell and Orange Line Living Team is looking for talented, motivated people who want to be a part of a collaborative and competitive team poised to become number one in the world by 2021. Our new agents have success at a rate that is nearly nine times the industry average, and our experienced agents average over $252,000 a year. Our industry-leading lead generation, training, and support systems put our agents in the best possible position for success. If you want to work hard, serve more clients, have fun, and make more money, then call us today at 703-661. 9756 or go to careyshellcareers.com what, what are the big things you think you know as you've worked with real estate agents uh, you work you know with agents that, that typically have a budget of 30k or more per year but what are the big things that you think real estate agents should be doing that they're not um, it, it's really just following the trends of the internet which the big one as I was saying earlier is messenger um, is undeniable like we're at the point where they had in let's see the stat they ran by me was in may and it was 20 billion messages sent 
and they're about the Facebook Messenger. Yeah, uh, between people and businesses, and uh, twenty billion is a big fucking number. And now they are going to be combining. If you opt in, which I imagine uh, hundreds of millions will, uh, WhatsApp, Instagram, and Messenger all in one platform on Messenger. And then Messenger is also getting its own desktop app. So now as a desktop, you'll have the whole Messenger interface there and you don't have to have a Facebook tab open where it's not really that pretty anyway. The call quality that's coming through it, the fact that a lot of things that people don't know about Messenger uh, things that I didn't know until recently is how seriously they're taking the privacy. So they rebuilt it from the ground up and made it all encrypted. It's actually the most encrypted um, messenger app there is. It's more encrypted than iMessage, all that stuff. So they literally don't know what is being sent to and from from people. They don't. So, um, which is actually I'm not going to go down that road, but we did something with a client that is legal, but eh, Facebook probably wouldn't have liked it. And that kind of proved to me that they weren't because if they saw that we were doing things that were on Facebook's high ground and Facebook's high ground doesn't mean it's illegal. It just means like they think some things are legal uh, for, uh, for doing ads like weed, for example, um, even though it's legal in Oregon, Cal- uh, California, Colorado, and a handful of other states, you just can't do that on Facebook. You can't be advertising marijuana. Uh, another thing is, vape pens like even though it's legal over the age 18 nationally doesn't matter you can't advertise it along with cigarettes as well just can't do it alcohol makes sense over the age of 21 and there's other moral high grounds that they have i'm not gonna get into the specific one but another one for example it doesn't deal with any laws but facebook has this thing about an ideal person like an ideal you and you shouldn't tell somebody that they're not an ideal person by telling them they should lose weight so any sort of weight loss doctors, bariatric surgeons, slim fast, all that sort of stuff, you come into this moral high ground that Facebook created, right, when making ads. And so the fact that we crossed one of those moral high grounds pretty bad in Messenger and they didn't catch it made me like, yeah, maybe they're telling the truth about this encrypted thing. I, You know, you don't know. But, okay, so that's one thing about Messenger. The other thing about Messenger is... Um, it is the fastest by far uh, and takes up the least amount of data messaging service there is bar none. Um, it is what the world uses. So uh, messaging services is a lot like soccer. The only people that don't use WhatsApp is Americans. Right. The rest, of, the rest of the world is all addicted to you travel anywhere. and They're all on WhatsApp uh, and they love it. And WhatsApp, which is owned by Facebook, that goes five times slower and uses three times the amount of data for the same message, the same video, the same audio, the same image than Messenger. So all in all, it's a very uh, robust, efficient, safe platform that they're going all in on right now. And it's going to be the same thing, real estate agents, that you'll be looking at uh like you're looking at Instagram three years ago, you weren't looking at Instagram seriously. Eight years ago, you weren't looking at Facebook seriously. And then you started to see other realtors starting to do it. And you're like, oh, I should probably do this too. And now you're doing it or you're not. And you're really behind the ball. Well, that's the, the, the same trains coming with messenger. So that's the main one. Yeah, no, that's a good one. I've, I've noticed the, we've, we've started to use it. A little bit we're gonna be using it a lot more the open rates are just insane off oh, it from I what i have to mention in that. my yeah. in my limited use yeah you're totally like, right i think we're very good at email marketing and i typically see rates open rates in the 20 to 35 which is outstanding range. by the way thank you uh but on messenger like a few that we've done and and i don't even think they've been Half is captivating. Half is creative, right? Yeah. Or because uh, we're just testing it out and learning. But but they're getting like eighty to ninety percent open rates, like twenty percent click rates. Just like I wasn't in business in the nineties, but I've heard this is what email right. open and click rates used to be in the nineties. Yeah, email marketing is still valid, good, and you need to be doing it absolutely. But well, it's Mess- free too, yeah. right? Messenger, yeah. Once you have their email, it's, it's free. I yeah. don't know why people, more people don't do it more, but that 
That's another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but the opportunity on Messenger, the open rates, the click rates, like let alone all those other benefits you you talked about, it just seems like it's an insane opportunity that may not work right away and like like everything else. Like it may take you two, three, six months, even a year, but eventually it's gonna be a huge opportunity especially to the first people that got in, like the first people that were on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, mm-hmm. they have huge advantages that people starting now can't capture. Now, don't get me wrong. There's it, just because we'll you have done it, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube before doesn't mean you can't like make a ton of money off it. Now there's still opportunity there, but the, the people that did it five years ago, such a built in advantage. Well, okay. If you broke down the numbers and if you really started putting money at master as right now, so if we were to break down the numbers on what it takes to get a subscriber and a subscriber, the value of that is going to change a little bit, but it's still going to be in flux with how many subscribers you have. And so what I mean by that is like, basically if you're running a halfway decent messenger campaign to um, people that want to know, let's just say the value of your homes, like we've been talking about. And if we're, if you're running that thing halfway decent, you should be able to get clicks per message to be sub $6, maybe even sub three, depending on the market you're in. So let's just say you're at, let's, let's call it for easy math. Let's call it three, about three, $3 clicks per message. So a message, a new message initiated by a user is three bucks. Okay, cool. When that party's over, because that's already really low, and that means you have a subscriber. So when the person messages, they pretty much, until this gets changed, they pretty much opt in to the subscription. So you get 100 people, that costs you 300 bucks. Well, a year from now, when other people catch on to messenger marketing, uh, because it's still in its infancy stage in Facebook, like we can't do all the things we want to do in Messenger that we can in all the other ad platforms on Facebook. A big one is dynamic creative. I can, I'll get too specific, but there's a lot of things it's coming though. That's all coming. It's just not here yet. Cause they're not sure how to do it yet, but they're, you better believe they're going to do it. So anyway, it's $3 now, but a year from now, when you have more competition and more people are buying that product, more real estate agents or whatever, it doesn't matter if it's real estate agents or an auto dealer, it's just more competition towards it. And now more people are seeing that when you get subscribers, they open it at an 88% rate and a 20% click rate. Why would you not want more of these? Well, now it's costing $10 per message, aka right. new subscriber. Well, that's it's still good. I would run with that. But then a year from then, it's probably going to be 15 or 20 So right now, the people who are running with it are going to have like, hey, I have 100,000 Uh, messenger subscribers are depending on the scale of your business. Maybe that's a million or whatever the case may be. And that only costs me, let's say if it was a hundred thousand, that only cost me um, 300, uh, that only cost me $30,000 today. That would cost you uh, 300,000. Fuck. Like that's, that's how I look at this. It's a huge, huge difference. Uh, It's been some great advice so far in real estate agents. One last thing I want to hit on is the side hustle. And we've talked about, you know, we've started three different businesses, real mm-hmm. estate, investing, coaching. You're starting a completely different one. Hot sauce company, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's always interesting to me because people say they don't have time, they don't have money, mm-hmm. right? But, but I think there's so much opportunity right now in all businesses, but let's, just give give us your thoughts on starting a side hustle, starting a side business and what you're doing with the hot sauce. Sure. It's very interesting. So the side hustle really a side business is just all on. Um, do you have the discipline to do it? That's all it is. It doesn't like, well, I don't have the resources. It turns out it doesn't take a lot depending on what you're looking to get into. Sometimes for this uh, business was zero. But like I said earlier for the hot sauce thing so far, we have test prototypes, test bottles. We, after blending and fermenting tons and tons of peppers, uh, cause it's fermented hot sauce. I've probably dropped like 800 bucks over the course of two and a half months in R and D. That's, I mean, if you have a normal paying job, that's not a lot. Right. Like, like you can really do it. And if you do think that's a lot, then like 
downgrade your Dave truck. Ramsey on it. Cut, <laughs> cut out your Starbucks. Get mad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, stop, stop freaking going to Starbucks. Stop having your oat milk lattes. Like Jesus Christ. Like that's all it's gonna take. But what what ended up happening with this one though? What um, the reason why? Because I have a lot of different ideas that are always going through my head. Like, oh, if I could do this, if I wanted to do that. And there's always different things. But this one, I had the concept, and I was just like, no. But we have to do this. Two things. One, the taste is like nothing I've ever tried before, and I've been addicted to having it, and that's why it's called habit. So it was just a hobby that I was doing. I was just like, this is too good to just be a hobby. Other people have to put this in their mouth. And number two is. Um, it's fermented and there isn't a fermented hot sauce scene. So I saw, or I still see an opportunity that has only been fulfilled by like a business that doesn't have a reach outside of Southern California. So, um, that was it. I was just like, I mean, the, the difficulty with this business is that it needs to be refrigerated. It needs to be in the refrigerated aisle. So that's going to be, we're competing with that shelf space and it's more expensive. The advantage is also that. So when you go in the hot sauce aisle, you're looking for hot sauce and you're competing with just all these brands, Sriracha, Tabasco, everything like that. I'm more in the favor of like, you're looking for pickles and yogurt and there's just this bright red thing. Everything else is white. And you have those pickles, that the Clawson pickles, that is like this green, clear looking window. And there, I wish I, I'll just have uh, Mitch edit on one of the things, but you have this very red habit hot sauce. Like that's just going to grab your eye, unlike in the sea of red. So that's my advantage as well. That may have turned other people away from it. I, that's on like, oh, fuck yeah, let's go hit that up. So it's, it's like I was saying earlier, like you find like if you really think you found an opening in the market, then you should really put some serious energy towards it because if you're thinking that's for a reason and also when you realize that there that the market has a uh option for that like in this case i didn't think there was a fermented hot sauce company looked high and low after enough digging and finding that there was one down in southern california that didn't make me want to stop i'm like well, whatever. It's not Tabasco. And if it was Tabasco, I'd be like, well, they, they don't have any competitors. Tabasco right. needs a Burger King. I just feel like, let's go. Let's have fun with it. So other people get, they get discouraged. They come up with this idea and they find out that there's this like small startup in fucking Maine and they have like something going on and they have some landing page like, oh, well then I guess we're done. But no, who's better, bigger, faster, stronger. That's what capitalism is all about. And by the way, if you decide not to really jump on this and that main business took your idea and they started running with it, then guess what's going to happen? Other people that are just going to see that and copy it are going to be their main competitors when you could have been or been the better one because you're starting at the same time. But you're like, oh, no, they already had it. Now, fuck that. Anyway, that's why I think about starting businesses. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's fascinating. There's a lot of great takeaways that real estate agents specifically can get from that uh, one, you know, first obvious one is that everyone has enough time and money to try a side hustle, whether your side hustle is getting into real estate, which is how it was for me, or whether your side hustle is adding layers on to your existing business, which, which we've done, right. Uh, or whether it's getting into something completely new, which you have done, like it, it doesn't necessarily take thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, it may take time but but everyone's got it there's no reason you can't work nine to five or six at your your yeah stop watching stranger things right and then seven to midnight you 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 do this for six months to get it up and and off the ground so everyone's has the resources and the time to do it just are you willing to like they're like in a discipline right they have the great idea but i mean i suppose that's a good thing because if everybody had the discipline, then it would make the game so much harder. Because once you start doing it, it turns out it's not as hard as you think. That's yeah, another I mean, there's just, just so much opportunity if you're willing to, to put in a little bit of time and work. Yeah, you put in a time, but like once you get it going like and stuff's going, like it doesn't have to own you and consume you. That's also on you if it does. Like So many business owners I know, like they work these ridiculous hours and everything. I'm like, that's on them. They decided to let the business own them. 
you're able to go run freaking marathons all the time and Ironmans and all this fucking crazy shit you're doing. We go skiing and stuff like that. That's because you allowed this business. You started these companies so that you could live your life free. That's the whole idea of this whole thing. That's why people don't go into like, I'm going to start a business and it's going to rule my life. Said no one ever. People start businesses for time, for freedom, for financial independence and time. Because what good is financial independence if you don't have any time to do it with, right? You You absolutely need both. So good on you. And every, it's actually pretty rare. And all the other entrepreneurs that actually don't have golden handcuffs. I'm happy to say I'm one of them too. So I'm able to, I, I know this team can kill it without me. And because I trusted them to do that, it allows me to go to Patagonia, New Zealand. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm there all the time. Um, but I, I go on like three to four weeks of vacation a year. And when I'm in the office, I'm not working more than like 40 hours a week. And that's because I'm putting a lot of time towards sometimes my own personal brand or habit hot sauce or wherever the case is. So time's going there. But this business is taking just 40 of mine. And the other thing, when I'm here, I'm fucking grinding. All right. You're focused. It's, it's not about like the amount of times, the quality of the time and, and, and how the focus is when you are engaged. Before right. we wrap up, though, I want to do the hyper fast round. So got a couple questions. Just do quick answers. Got hyper it. fast. Hyper right. fast. Yeah. Yeah. What is the, the, the biggest mistake you've made in business? Uh, not taking 51% of ownership. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, biggest piece of advice to a new real estate agent? To a new real estate agent? Um, <laughs> knock on doors. Do the stuff that other people don't want to do. Don't be entitled to new listings. Biggest piece of advice to an experienced real estate agent? Personal brand the shit out of yourself. It's a good one. Uh, what is the biggest business challenge in, biggest business challenge you've had and how did you overcome it? We had a problem where we spent $14,000 of money that wasn't ours on a human error over here on, an, on a campaign. And it all happened within a matter of 24 hours because somebody, one of our team members didn't do one of the processes. And that was really hard to know that I was going to need to cut a check for 14 grand. Um, really hard. Uh, but it turned out that uh, by us getting in front of it and calling the the owner, and saying what's going on, he was so happy that we were once calling and telling him, and not our controller. And uh, that brought his bond to us closer, and he's been giving us more and more business since. So that 14 has actually been made up, and then more. All right, last one. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? I'm looking to be able to help as many uh entrepreneurs as i possibly can um i'm thinking that so far that's been my way of getting being back that's been the the basis of my podcast is like honing in on people who have done it and figuring out how and why and what makes them tick and if i can continue to give that sort of effort with a um with a way of helping to teach some virtue within that doing the right thing it's funny how often doing the right thing leads to money. So in 10 years, I would like to be able to mentor. I, I don't know. It, it's it's okay if I even just mentor one more person, as long as I'm able to help and give back. Um, that's what I care about. That's there, awesome. There isn't a big money goal anymore like there used to be. I, I mean, it's just, it's becoming a byproduct of right. my life is money instead of, uh, I don't know, man. I've been I've been a lot happier of looking out for the common being of my friends and family and my coworkers than than um, my I don't know my my own ego. That's great to hear, and 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 this has been an awesome interview. Thanks for having me in your studio for <laughs> yeah. uh, my first Oregon podcast on the Hyperfast Agent. Make sure you check out. The podcast we did earlier. How can people check that out? You'll see a lot of micro content on it going on LinkedIn. I'm at Bud Torkum, and then you'll also see on Instagram at Bud Torkum, Facebook Bud Torkum. I'm the only Bud Torkum on the internet, so it's 
T-O-R-C-O-M, and you'll find me. The only one. All right. How how else should people get in contact with you, real estate agents, if they want to learn more about what you and your company do? Okay. Well, I'll just say again, like, please make sure you have a big marketing budget. Otherwise, um, it's not going to be worth it, uh, and I'll scare the shit out of you. But if that is the case... I'd say hit me up on LinkedIn would be the best way. Direct message. I monitor that the most. Bud Torkum again. All right. Well, thanks for uh, doing this. Really appreciate it. If you guys are watching for the first time, make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on post notifications, and check out all of our other amazing episodes. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.